Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! And welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, March 16, 2023. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. Having a great week so far. Happy Stone Cold Steve Austin 316 day. I'm not a beer drinker. I don't drink alcohol, but maybe I'll spend the day chugging some water, if not a soda. We'll see instead. But um, yeah, special episode, as always, of the show here on tap for you fine folks here today. Then again, when is it not a special show? We got an interview with the head of the Monster Factory premiering on Apple TV this Friday. Uh, Danny Cage here on WrestleRant Radio to talk all things Monster Factory, his role on the show, what people can expect from the show, stars, fresh faces of the future coming out of that great wrestling school called the Monster Factory itself. Pretty self-explanatory title. Coming to Apple TV, like I said, this Friday. And we're going to get a first inside look um, at the show by speaking to Danny Cage here on the show today. And then we're going to have Mr. Marceau join for an on-site report from Raw in Providence on Monday. He was at Raw last week in Boston. I was not, but I was at the show with him on Monday. My first Raw I think since the post-WrestleMania Raw, back in April of last year. So I haven't been to Raw in a while. We'll talk all about that in the back half of the show. New episodes every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. we got two weeks until WrestleMania weekend. I will be there in L.A. for the show. I don't know when I'll be recording this show. I don't know when I'll be putting it up. Um, it will be up at some point that week with WrestleMania predictions per usual. I look forward to that. And um, interviews and stuff like that dropping here on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. The Danny Cage interview will be up in uh, video form on the channel, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant at some point. We had my interview with Kane go up here on the show last Thursday, the video of which went up soon after over on youtube.com backslash WrestleRant. I spoke to Tristratus that week, or last week rather. Um, that interview should be up here not on the show, most likely, but on YouTube tomorrow. I spoke to Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion, for an upcoming AE special premiering not this weekend, but next weekend. That interview should be attached to next week's episode. So a lot to look forward to. A lot of interviews and audio you're not getting here on WrestleRant Radio. So if you enjoy the interviews, be sure to check out all the other interviews over on the YouTube channel as well. With all that being said, enjoy my exclusive chat with the head of the Monster Factory, Danny Cage. Graham Jason Matthews, WrestleRant Radio here today. We're talking to the man behind Monster Factory, debuting on Apple TV, coming up on Apple Plus TV this Friday, March 17th. Danny, what's going on? Thanks for taking the time, dude. Uh, busy day, busy day, man. I'm just uh, amped up for the debut of Monster Factory on Apple TV Plus. And uh, like I've been telling everybody, I still can't believe it's real. It just doesn't feel real. It just doesn't. Do you think you'd ever get to a point where you'd be doing a round of interviews talking about your school as opposed to actually being in the school doing the work and stuff? Uh, I Like, I always envision something like this happening, yeah. but, like, it's still, you know, it's kind of like when I talk to the students that wind up getting signed. I'm like, how's it feel? How's it feel? And they're like, it hasn't sunk in. And I'm like, oh, come on, come on. But, like, now I feel that. Like, it still isn't real to me. And you're going to be the, the cool thing about it, too, is that it's on, you mentioned Apple TV Plus. I mean, this is a pretty big platform. It's not just a wrestling documentary because we've seen a lot of wrestling documentaries and a lot of behind the scenes stuff on YouTube and indie documentaries. This is a pretty big platform. So not just for wrestling fans to check out, but I think this can appeal to a lot of non-wrestling fans as well. Would you agree? Yeah, this is why I'm so glad that like all this found its each other like. Everybody, I've been telling everybody this, this started like back in 2016, you know, it was before Apple TV plus was even a thing. And yep. we were just going along with this. So like, this is, I don't think anybody else would have handled it the way they did, the way public record did Vox media did and Apple TV plus, like 
everybody was on board. I didn't have to argue with anybody. I didn't really have to fight with anybody. We all got along. There was no drama. And this is the way wrestling should be presented if they're going to do something like this. Um, it's, I tell everybody, if I was making one, this is exactly how I would have made it. And I, I can't, I, I'm still can't believe it's happening. I can't. And when you have the cameras and they're rolling, filming the kids, filming the students, there's a lot of great footage in here. And just from seeing the trailer and just all the stuff that I've seen so far about it, everything about this show, it, it, we're going to get that inside look as far as what it takes to get to that next level, a WWE or an AEW. That's the general premise of what the show is about. Does it get to the kids? Like when they have the cameras and they're rolling, when you're filming this show, you got the cameras in there. They know they're going to be an Apple TV plus possibly. D did they kind of let that fame get to their head? What was that experience like for you as their trainer? No, it was actually the exact opposite. Really? Yeah. Be well, number one, like from day one, when I started the school, We've always been um, business as usual, no matter what cameras around, no matter what, we're going to be ourselves. If I have an issue with you, whether I'm congratulating you or I'm yelling at you, it's always going to be in front of everybody because this way, the praise I'm giving you can help others and motivate them. I yell at you for something you did wrong. I'd rather tell you in front of everybody instead of taking you into private because then I'm going to have to have 30 meetings to correct all these mistakes. Um, so no, but what we did run into is me saying like, Hey guys, we got like six months, like everybody just give it your all, mm -hmm. leave nothing out there. And we still had probably besides the, the, the principal cast, maybe five or six people that really did everything they could. And everybody else still half-assed it. So, but, our half ass is better than their whole ass. <laughs> exactly. This is my way of looking at it. No, that's like, a good way my of standards, at it, yeah. My standards are very high for the, our students. Do you feel like when you have the cameras and they're filming for the show, that actually is good learning experience <clears throat> when they get to like a WWE or an AEW? A lot of schools obviously are not going to have that aspect. That's like an obviously an unexpected obstacle for them to overcome. Would you agree with that as well? Yeah, but like this is something we've always done. Like we we literally since I started, we would have if somebody was hurt or injured or not feeling good, yeah, we'd hand them a camera, they'd walk around and record footage and get B-roll of training and stuff. So like it was second nature to them. Plus okay. for years we started doing it because we were in hopes of getting one. So mm -hmm. I I wanted them to, to not be looking into the camera. I wanted it to be I always tell them repetition breeds habit, you know? So if we do this enough, it'll be second nature to you. And it, and it worked out. No, that's a great way of looking at it. It's great to be prepared for a possibility of something like this happening. Like you said, being in the work since 2016 and the timing of it works out perfectly too. You see in the trailer, people are going to see it in the show. Amelia, obviously notorious Mimi being signed with by WWE for a short period of time. Was the timing of that just work? How, how did that work out as far as like the timing well, of her getting the, signed? Well, here's the thing. So, when I got the green light on this was yeah. July 31st. Five, five minutes before Apple called me, we had news that one of our other wrestlers was just signed, Felix Fernandez. He's a referee still down there. Wow, that's awesome. So, so he was signed 731. Then Mimi got her tryout like right when we started taping. Yeah. So it was just like bang, bang. That's why it was like we got hit with two students leaving immediately when the show started. So it was wild, man. It was like, you couldn't ask for more. I mean, it, it was exactly like in a way that we're just like, man, I, I wish you would have got the trial afterwards. I'm like, who cares, man? Like, this is, this is wrestling, man. Yeah. This is wrestling. No, it just works out perfectly with the timing of the documentary to have a notable name that people are going to remember as well. You mentioned the referee Felix and you have, uh, you know, Amelia as part of this as well. What other aspects of the documentary you feel like are really going to drive home that people should check this out? Obviously the, easy access on Apple TV, but just other, you know, aspects of it as well. Cause like I said, we've seen so many wrestling documentaries. I feel like this one's going to really stand out though. It's going to stand out because it's about wrestling, but it's not about wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, I point to this shirt. This is not about soccer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But soccer fans will like it. Soccer mm -hmm. fans will understand it. Same with pro wrestling fans are going to like it, love and understand this, but just, Joe Schmo down the street who's never watched wrestling before will fall in love with the show, will cry, 
we'll laugh, we'll get angry, everything. Um, I watched it the other day and with my wife again, and we still cried. You know what I mean? It was, you'll see once the show, you see it, why I needed this show. Cause I mm -hmm. couldn't have went through what I went through without this show. Wow. Amazing. So you'll, you'll see what goes on. Talk it about Ted. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's like one, you know, you'll see what what I'm talking about. Yeah. I just don't want to give anything away. Yeah, no, you can't spoil anything. It's going to be yeah. coming out on Friday. People don't have to wait too much longer to check it out, but it's a big week too. The timing of this works out amazingly well. Show premieres Friday. Ted Lasso comes out next season on Wednesday. That's an amazing coincidence for you. That works well, out perfectly. And here's the other thing. During the filming of this, people kept saying like, hey, did you watch Ted Lasso yet? And all the people, and I'm like, no, I haven't. Like, yeah. I don't have time. And I, and we just watched it for the first time probably three weeks ago. Wow. And we're already, and we're already watching. We've already watched it a second time. And mm -hmm. now we're on our third watching the last episode again tonight going into Wednesday for the debut of season three, which I heard is going to be the last season, which breaks my heart. I know. I only first started watching the show a couple of months ago myself. <clears throat> so to have the last season, it's hard because it is such a good show. But I feel like you got that show on Wednesday. For people to check out Ted Lasso, you got Monster Factory on Friday. It's like a whole week of great content yep. on Apple TV. So you're going to be capping off the week perfectly. But um, yep. yeah, I mean, you just kind of mentioned it a little while ago. But as far as what people are going to be seeing from the show, why to look forward to it. Uh, any other stars that we've seen on the show or maybe not seen on the show that you feel, again, maybe without giving too much away, that you yeah, feel yeah, are sure. closest like, to that next level? Well, some of the some of the graduates and some of the like QT Marshall. Yeah me and him trained together and then he was one of my coaches and now he comes on and, and talks to some of the students and gets to get in the ring and work with them. Uh, Preston Vance is there. Um, Steve Macklin, one of the first students I got signed was there. So it's like, a, you know, there's a lot of people showing up and it's, it's a fun time. Kevin Kelly's on there, yep. as you can see in the trailer, but it's uh, D-Lo, um, headbangers i mean there's just all these people that are monster factory graduates but uh yeah i think i think i think it's going to be one of those shows that is going to change uh wrestling for for the better i think a lot of people are going to latch on and be like hey you got to see this because it's it's one of those things like where sometimes your friends that aren't into wrestling yep you're like hey watch this and it's like and they're like you're kind of embarrassed by it because like you know they're just going to go it's phony bull crap. yeah 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 but this is one of those things where, like, the casual fan of documentaries and just journeys and stuff like that are going to love it. And I'm going to say journey a million times, but that's the only words I can use to describe it. I mean, to see these kids, you know, who started with me at age 14 and 17 and, you know, growing up and doing all this stuff, it's just amazing to see. I'm... My thing is, I want to see what everybody thinks about individual students and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I know I'm going to get my shrapnel and people are going to either love me or hate me. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no indifferent with me ever. Um, but I'm just so proud of the students because, like, some of them are like, well, I kind of came off this way. And I'm like, no, you came off awesome. Like, these five are the story. Like, none of this is possible without them. Like, I'm just so proud of them, honestly. And it's not just bull crap because this is stuff I'll text them all the time, you know. And yeah. that's what's great about the show. There's nothing made up about the show. It's not looking for drama and stuff like that. It's it's just real. Everything that happens in the show is real. We're, we're, we're just putting it out there and the cameras are just there to catch it. And that's the key. I'm looking forward to watching. I'm looking forward to some non-wrestling friends of mine watching it as well because I think they'll enjoy it as much as I will, if not more, kind of being outside of the wrestling bubble. Yeah. That's the key I'm looking forward to. But like I said, dropping this Friday, Apple TV Plus. Uh, it's going to be the first season of Monster Factor. I'm looking forward to it, Danny. Thanks so much for taking the time, man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, brother. Sorry about the mishap with the with the charger. <laughs> no worries. I'm glad you're all charged up and good to go. All right, man. Thank you, bro. Thanks, dude. Big thanks to Danny for the time. Enjoy talking all things Monster Factory with him. As I mentioned, the show drops this Friday on Apple TV, so check it out when you get a chance. It looks to be a great show. Ted Lasso also premiered on Apple TV, so if you haven't already subscribed to Apple TV, sign up for Monster Factory. Check out Ted Lasso as well. It's a great week for Apple TV content. But from there, we throw it to my conversation with Mr. Marceau, talking all things Raw and some other news and notes from the past week in the world of wrestling. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? 
Doing well, GSM. How are you? I'm doing all right. We were at Raw on Monday in Providence. We had a full on-site report from the show. I'm looking forward to talking all about that, too. Quick notes, though, from Monday as well, or this past week, really, just in general. Uh, one that we got to get to first before I got to let you go to work in a little while. Swig of water for the working man, by the way. But that being said, we got to get to this first before we get to Raw, which I do want to spend some significant time on. Uh, that being the Bella Twins departure from WWE, now known as the Garcia Twins, their real last name. Speculation started when they changed their Twitter handle on Tuesday or whatever it was. They deleted their YouTube channel. Uh, later came out from the Twins themselves that they are no longer under WWE contract. They mutually agreed to part ways. And they have, are now officially been freed or whatever, according to Soraya on Twitter. So, um, any thoughts on this? And not really a, a breaking news story. They haven't been heavily involved in WWE in some time. But, you know, they were under contract there for the better part of the last 15 years. And the fact that they're gone... Um, is notable. I mean, I don't think they're going to AEW. I think they said that on their Sirius XM show or whatever, but, um, I mean, they've been doing a lot of outside projects for a long time now with their wine company and their own podcast and stuff like that. So this isn't really groundbreaking, um, but you know, still notable. So I want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I was a little surprised. Um, like I said, recently, I would say the last year, they really haven't had too much involvement in WWE. I know they were in the 2021 Rumble, I believe. Both of them, weren't they? Uh, yeah. Actually, 2022. Yeah. Oh, 2020. Yeah, they lost. Because I remember Nikki. Yeah, there was 2022. My bad. I get the years mixed up. Yeah, they get, so, like, they, they blend were together, yeah. in the Rumble last year. Yep. Um, but besides that, we really didn't see too much involvement with them. I mean, not that I don't think it's a big deal they lost them, because I, I mean, like I said, they haven't really done too much like on screen. But I do think, for their credit, I do believe that they get they're like good ambassadors for the company. I mean, they they were with the company for a long time. They they're very famous now. Um, they they've been on the E shows with the Total Divas, the Total Bellas. Obviously, WWE gave them that platform. But um, I think for the women specifically, like I don't credit them for the women evolution i know they like to think that i mean i think it was just kind of a lot of things going together and they were just kind of at the helm at that point but just in general i think they are good ambassadors for the company so it i don't think it'll kill the company but i, I think it is a sneaky a sneaky like oh they maybe should have kept them around um just because i think they, they they like i said they are very famous um, and I think they just are good ambassadors for the company in general. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're notable names, and uh, they had a lot of success in WWE, and they have been involved a little bit in recent years. You mentioned the 2022 Rumble. They were inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2021 during COVID. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure they'll be back at some point. They were actually just put back into the video game. They weren't in last year's edition for whatever reason, but they were back this year in 2K23. Um, you said you bought the game, right? You haven't actually played it yet? I have bought the game. I just haven't played it yet. Okay, so if you play it by next week when we talk next, definitely give me your first impressions because the game is out this week. I've played it a little bit, and it's really cool. I need those first impressions when you play next week. Yeah, once I put the belt on the the universal belt on Theory, I'll let you know. <laughs> I look forward to it. Um, so that's well. Speaking of the game, I mean Bray Wyatt's not in the game. He might not be a part of WrestleMania either. I mean, he's actually part of DLC in the game. Won't be out until the summer though. He's not in the game, may not be a part of WrestleMania, per the latest report from Fightful, um, indicating that he's hurt. So this all happened when we were um, actually on the road on Monday before we saw you before Raw, when we were having dinner. I didn't see it until we sat down right before you walked in the door. You would heard about it as well. Creative issues, may have walked out because he has an issue with creative, whatever the fuck that means. Um, I don't think that's the case. I know someone had reported that, not the most reliable source, and then... Uh, Fightful had added that they didn't hear anything about that. They just heard that he was dealing with a physical issue. I mean, what can be said about Bray that hasn't already been discussed? I know we don't talk a lot about him just because, um, you know, he's a SmackDown guy. We don't talk a lot of SmackDown because we record on Thursdays. But we have talked about the him and Bobby match at Mania and how much we really don't care. The build has been awful from what we've gotten so far. And the Bray Wyatt stuff in general has just genuinely fallen flat so far, not because he's not over, but because what he's doing really hasn't had any real development. And that's my, been my biggest issue as well, and I know you would agree. Yeah, I think with Wyatt, I, I mean, the whole physical issue or creative issue, I mean, I didn't, wasn't it a report that he like broke his wrist or broke his finger? or Was it like sometime around the Rumble that was announced? Yeah, his finger I think he broke. I mean, he's still, like, the thing is, people, oh, how, how does he get hurt he if he doesn't worked. wrestle? Yeah, no, he still does dark matches and stuff, but, um, no, he did, he did yeah, the Rumble. He did yeah. the dark, 
the lights out. Yeah. We exactly, yeah. He's wrestled every week. What are the cops coming after you now? Uh oh. No, it's on the ambulance going <laughs> by. Um but back to why no, I I, I just his I heard just listening to the hashtag and you and Alexis were just kind of talking about it. it just for with him, it was like a lot of hype and Alexis put it perfectly. Honestly, it was like four to six weeks. Okay. Like he's going to do the cryptic promos. Like wonder what's going to happen. Then we got the Uncle Howdy stuff. Never got the payoff at Royal Rumble, which I feel like at, for most people was their jumping point. Uh, and then we haven't really got anything since it's the whole Bobby spooky muscle man thing. It just no one cares. And like it, and I said to you on, on Monday, no wonder Brock wanted to work with Omos. Why would he want to work with Wyatt? He would not want to do that. For how bad Omos is, and I mean, I think for what they've done, it actually hasn't been horrible. Like what they did in Raw was kind of what you needed to do. Um, yep. But the whole Wyatt thing, it just no one gets over. He came back without the Firefly Funhouse. He brought it back. We're still doing it. It just. I don't know if it's like his ideas and they're trying to filter them or they gave him creative control and this is what we're getting, but I'm honestly at this point fine if he's not at WrestleMania. I feel really bad for Bobby because I feel like he's just kind of in a shitty situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like he should be on the show, Um, but also I just don't think him facing Wyatt's going to help him any at all as well. So it's kind of like a mixed bag or mixed thought, but if it was up to me at this point, I would just scratch it and Maybe, I don't know, maybe find Bobby a different opponent or do something else because I just don't think this why No one was really looking for it to begin with, and I just don't think it's going to help Bobby at all. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so either. Um, it was a case where they didn't really know what else to do with the two of them because Brock went on to face Omos and Brock didn't want to face Wyatt. What do you do with the two of them? You put them together. The feud just wasn't good. Um, as we've talked about before, Wyatt has said, oh, I'm not going back to the Firefly Funhouse stuff, and that's exactly what happened, so... Um, I don't think it's a creative issue either, just because he's been back for a couple of months now, and it seems like, from what I understand, from what, just watching the product, it feels like he has his fingerprints all over, and like Alexis said on Hashtag on Wednesday, um, and again, she said it perfectly as well, where he has a lot of ideas, he just doesn't know how to rein it in, and Triple H even said that about him in that interview with Ariel Hawani late last year, and that's exactly what we're seeing now on the show, I feel like. And I feel like Mania, as I mentioned on the show, was probably going to be the payoff to a lot of the stuff with Wyatt, or was intended to be originally, maybe it wouldn't have been, I don't know. If the Bobby match still happens, or doesn't happen, or whatever, if it was going to happen, I still don't think we would have gotten any major development with Wyatt on that show. People still holding out hope for a Wyatt 6, oh, Alexa Bliss will be a part of it, Bo Dallas' Uncle Howdy will be a part of it. I think that ship sailed a while ago, I don't think we were ever going to get it anyway, but... Um, you know, it was a wait and see thing when he first came back and we still haven't had any real, again, any real development on that whatsoever. So it's just disappointing because I feel like he has so much more to offer. I don't want to get that twisted with, oh, Bray Wyatt sucks. He's awful. They shouldn't have brought him back. Like, I think some people think that people are jumping to those conclusions. And there are are some dumb fans who feel that way, I feel like. But I don't know. I think the vast majority realizes how talented Wyatt is and were excited when he came back. But what we've gotten so far has been a giant disappointment. We talked about that a week or two ago here on the show. Um, spinning that around, though, talking about the Bobby Lashley match and how it may not happen. Hey, completely fine by me. It does suck for Bobby, though, considering that you know he may not be a part of WrestleMania at this point. We've seen this before where matches get canceled and whoever that person was going to face does not end up on the show. There have been many manias that people have missed due to this sort of thing and, and creative change plans and you know uh, changing in creative plans and stuff like that. That being said, if Bobby were to get a new opponent, um, who would you put him up against, and who do you think makes the most sense? God, that's such a tough question, because I feel like everyone that's already booked already has a dance partner. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't. I honestly couldn't even give you a name, honestly. What if you inserted him into Brock and Omos, given their history anyway? No, thank you. I feel like that would make the most sense. It would make sense, but I don't want to say it. I mean, I don't want to see Brock and Omos either. I'm I'm honestly fine with Brock and Omos at this point. I know what it's going to be, and I don't think Bobby getting inserted would make it any better. You could put him up against someone that's not currently booked. I'm not saying like Montez Ford or something. That would make even less sense. But what if you did him with someone like Bronson Reed, who they're building up right now and doesn't appear to be a part of WrestleMania? Assuming Bronson uh, were to win. Yeah, I was going to say, Bronson would have to win. 
I, I don't know. It just feels rushed. I, I wouldn't do it. I, honestly, yeah, I'm kind of out on that, though. All right, so you might just miss the show altogether. Yeah, I was going to say, at this point, if it's not Bray, I just, I mean, I guess you could do something. I just feel like it would just be like what we said, like, oh, just get him on the show. Like, I understand he was supposed to have something, but, I mean, I like Bronson. If Bronson was more over, maybe, but he's kind of in that same category of the other people they brought in that just, they get some reaction, but they also just haven't really put him in the best light. So mm-hmm. I don't think just I, I if I feel like if you put him on Mania, you got to put all, everyone else on it. So I, I would just unfortunately not have Bobby on the show. All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, talking about WrestleMania, we kind of segue into our Raw review, our on-site report from Providence, the Dunkin' Donuts Center. I'm not calling it by that new name, Amica Center, whatever the hell it is. It's the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence. They had a great time at the show. They open up the show with a new WrestleMania match being made official, one that we also can, uh, also coming for a while now. Hell in a Cell, Edge and Finn Balor, one-on-one, end of the feud, exactly what we thought would happen did, and I'm glad it did happen this way. Uh, Finn Balor teasing... You know, I've been to hell and back, and they spit out my demons, blah, 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 teasing Demon Balor. Although the demon died of Extreme Rules 2021, the night of Extreme Rules 2021, when he lost to Roman Reigns and had, like, a seizure on the ground or something. I mean, the demon has not been used since, and thankfully so, because that was terrible. But, that being said, I am looking forward to Balor and Edge at WrestleMania. The Hell in the Cell stipulation makes sense. I thought this segment was great. Edge was amazingly over in Providence on Monday. And I thought this was a good exchange, pretty simple stuff, to set up the match for WrestleMania. Yeah, I thought this was good stuff. I'm glad uh, we're finally going to get, like, the end of this feud. Uh, Not that I haven't liked the feud. It has, obviously, it's been a whole year at this point, with the whole Judgment Day starting and at WrestleMania last year with 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 Priest helping Edge and kind of the whole development throughout the year. I feel like I'm glad this is the final, like, blow-off, Hell in a Cell, I mean, can't challenge someone to an elimination chamber, so glad you can challenge someone to a hell in a cell. Of course. Uh, we're going to do it here. WrestleMania. <laughs> love it. Um, so I'm glad. I think it's I think it's a good match. I'm glad it's meant for a purpose and not just because it's September again. But, uh, no, I think this is a great match. No, I'm looking forward to it. I, I would assume Balor would go over, right? Yeah, yeah, I would have Balor go over. I mean, I know... You know, Edge just won the intergender tag team match, so I would assume that Balor would go over. I mean, I know he already beat Edge at Extreme Rules, but Balor kind of has to benefit here by beating Edge on the grand stage. Edge winning would make sense storyline-wise, I guess, because he's been the one being beat up by Judgment Day for so long, but I don't know. Balor's the younger guy. I would feel like he would probably benefit more from going over than Edge anyway, so that was good stuff. That segues immediately into the tag team match. Uh, the former Way partners, Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis taking on the Judgment Days, Dexter, or Dexter, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. <clears throat> this was actually a really good match. And the crowd was really into Johnny Gargano more than I thought they would be, considering he hasn't been the most over guy on the show the last couple of weeks slash months. But this was good stuff. They got a ton of time. Uh, probably one of the better parts of the show, in my opinion. And the Judgment Day ultimately went over. So uh, more of this from you know Johnny, please, because he was over here. He got to do his thing a little bit. Got some considerable time. Wasn't an afterthought. Wasn't pinned. I like that. Uh, was never going to win, but I thought this was a really good opening match of the show, and the crowd was into it. Yeah, for what this was, this was really fun. Um... I mean, uh, Bloomers and Gargano still haven't really got their footing yet either as they're getting called up. I feel like it's just kind of purgatory for all these guys. I'm not sure it's just because they brought them all up at the same time or they really haven't put into, like, top storylines. But for a match itself, it went through a few breaks. It was a good match. Judgment Day won, obviously, which I don't think the, the outcome was ever in doubt. But, no, I thought this was a really good, fun match and a good way to start the show. I think Johnny being put back in NXT might help as well to kind of reestablish um, him as a serious single star and then hopefully come back to Raw after WrestleMania, maybe with some momentum. I know not a lot of people watch NXT at this point, but I don't think it would hurt by him going back to NXT to finish up the feud with Grayson Waller before reporting back to Raw with a push, hopefully after WrestleMania. Because at this point, I don't see him being a part of WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, either. I think going back to NXT, like you said, finish that storyline that they never finished to begin with. I think he's like over to a point, but... Like I said, I just, I just don't like even Cross. Like Cross was really over when they brought him back, but they also put him in a main event program with some of the people cared about. And then since then, it's like Rey Mysterio and some other things that, like, yeah, Rey Mysterio is popular. Just like he went to main event right to like mid card. So I think they can if he goes down, beats Waller, comes back up. I mean, I think you could do him in theory again theoretically if if theory beats Cena, um, and kind of build him up through that. So. 
I think I think he is popular and over. They just kind of like I said, they just I think they just called so many people up when Triple H came back and or brought people back, which I understand the roster needed it, but. When you have all these people coming on, it's hard for people to get attached to certain people when you have six new people on each show and you really don't know what's going on. Yeah, well, we preached it when they first came back that they all, most of them had direction. Johnny had feud, the feud with Austin Theory. Hit Row at that point was feuding with like maximum ill models or something like that. Not that that's really lighting the world on fire, but they were involved with something. <clears throat> you know, Braun was feuding with uh, Omas. Dexter was busy with The Miz, so... They were all kind of busy from the get-go, and now since then, a lot of these people really haven't done much at all. I mean, Johnny really hasn't had a major feud. He was involved in the Dexter Miz stuff for some reason. I know he was hurt for a little while, but I think giving these people direction in feuds with established people and having them go over in the end isn't going to work every time, but I think it would work for most people. Bronson Reed is gaining momentum. We'll talk about him momentarily, but I think he would really benefit from you know, a feud with someone like a Bobby or someone like that that he could really work with and get over against as opposed to just beating people like Elias. Um, we, we talked a little bit about it, we talked a little bit about it previously, but Brock Lesnar and Omos going face-to-face or face-to-chest, rather, on Raw this week. Um, segment was blinking, you missed it. Guy got his easy paycheck. Brock was in there, got tossed over the top rope by Omos. They botched the spot. They cleaned it up later in, in production and editing. And that was about it. So... It was kind of what it needed to be. The botch didn't exactly give me high hopes for the match itself, but um, the segment was whatever, and I don't really know what more you could say about this, to be honest. No, the segment was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, uh, Omos, like, get the better hand of Brock. Was botch the ending job? A++ by WWE. When they showed it again, you couldn't even tell. It was honestly <laughs> amazing. But this one, literally what it was, needed to be, get Omos get some heat on him and get some, like, thought that he can beat Brock. I don't think Brock should even get any offense on him until till, till WrestleMania. I feel like it would be silly. Like, you're not going to see him, like, F5. He shouldn't F5 or suplex Omos until we get to WrestleMania. That's why they have MVP there, so. Yeah. Um, I think it was for what it needed to be. It was what it was, and Brock went back on the jet and went back home. Yep, that's about it. Didn't really need to drag it out into a long talking segment. You're not going to get a, a lengthy promo from Brock anyway. No, Moss doesn't really speak. He has MVP doing the talking for him, so it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, this is all building to, like you said, Brock suplexing and, and F-fiving Omos at WrestleMania, right? Yes. That's going to make it all worthwhile. Um, one of my other favorite highlights from the show as well, Cody Rhodes and L.A. Knight, a match made official through social media and their interactions throughout the day on Monday. Uh, fresh match here, good match. In my opinion, like a really good WWE sports entertainment match. Like both of these guys scream WWE. They're not going to go in there and have an in-ring technical classic, but with all the bells and whistles, the crowd being into it, Knight getting great heat, Cody being really over, really good combo here. I would love to see them run this back after WrestleMania if Cody wins the championship and maybe have this be a full-on program at some point. Um, Knight's got to win some matches first, obviously, but I thought he looked really good in here. Uh, good match. Cody Rhodes' post-match promo was outstanding and another example of why I feel like he is the guy and he's got to win the championship from Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So starting with the match itself, your thoughts on and how good LA Knight looked in defeat and the post-match promo as well. Yeah, this was, like you said, I think I would just say an old school style wrestling match. You can say sports entertainment, WWE, but like this match was literally what like the territories were about. You had the heat, you let the heel, let the baby face shine. LA Knight had his heat spots I mean, Cody was mostly in control. I mean, he's the, he's the main event babyface. Obviously, it's going to happen. But I thought LNA looked really good in here as well. Obviously, lost, but he's just not going to be Cody at this point. Cody's going for the world championship. And LNA will be on the show in some some form. I, I don't doubt that. But he's just not at Cody's level right now. But I thought it was good. Like I said, he got his heat. Cody shined as a babyface. Knight got his dirty heel spots. And... Cody went over, and I thought it was a really good match. So I thought it was a good Raw match, good WWE match, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And then a promo after, I mean, we always, I think, I, I already have the text saved, like, after Roman wins. It's just, like, <laughs> Roman wins, LOL. But after this promo by Cody, which was fucking amazing, by the way, I just feel like he would look like the biggest fucking loser. He would lose, too, but, yep. like, he, like, that's such a good promo. It's like, I'm going to win. It's like, if you don't win, you just look so bad. So <laughs> I still have the text saved. I, I already have it ready for you. Roman, LOL. But I just, I feel like Cody needs, I think he has to win. 
Like, you can't do, like, the Luger thing, like, oh, wait till SummerSlam. Like, he's not going to be as over as SummerSlam. Nope. We said the same thing. They, the same thing we said when they were going to do their whole thing with there's going to be Ronda and Becky. Oh, no, we're going to wait till next year to do Ronda and Becky. Guess what? After they had that match with Ronda and Charlotte, Ronda fell off a fucking cliff, and her and Becky doesn't even, like, no one cares about that anymore. Mm-hmm. They should have just done it when they could have had the chance. Obviously, Bianca and Becky was amazing. But, like, if you wanted to get any money out of Ronda, you should have done her and Becky last year. Because at this point, no one cares about her. With Cody, he literally needs to win. Because at that point, he just looks like a loser. And, like, like you said, what's he going to win at SummerSlam? He's not going to be remotely over at SummerSlam. There's only other people that are going to get pushed. And people will be pissed. Like, if LA Knight, like, he's sort of, he'll, I feel like he's getting pushed to become a babyface just because the crowd's, he's so over the crowd. Like, imagine he's as over as Sami Zayn. Like, oh, no, we're going to go with Cody. Like, no. you got to do it now. You wait and you just risk other people getting over and then it's just not feeling the same. No, I think it's a really dumb idea to wait. Um, I, you know, I've said this many, 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 many times, but if you wait till SummerSlam, next year's Mania, I mean, this company knows, and you said it, like with Hart and Luger and other examples, you can't wait because people, other people get over, and at that point, you're not the new toy anymore. I mean, people will probably turn on Cody anyway at some point because that's how fickle fans are, but, um, you know, still, I feel like Mania is the time to do it. It makes sense. It's WrestleMania. You're in L.A. It's a big show. The bloodline is crumbling. I mean, I don't know. I just think to have Roman win for what, a thousand days? I mean, I talked about this, the, the literal headline of hashtag. I don't think that's worth it, do you? If it was to beat an actual record, yes, he's like, oh, he's going to get fourth on the all-time record. Who gives a shit? He's never touching Bruno. He's never touching those long-time records. At this point, he's the longest in the last 40 years or whatever you want to go by. That's fine enough. He doesn't need to continue, and it's really killing Raw. I think Theory's done great as the U.S. champion until Cena buried him two weeks ago <laughs> as, like, the champion. But I think I like what they did with it this week, but... I think him as, like, the U.S. champion, the champion of the show, I feel like he's doing good. Like I said, he's had good matches, whatever. Cena buried him. We're just going to move on. Um, but they really do need a world champion. Like, Cody, like, I guess is that guy because he is, like, the biggest thing on the show. But, like, just the belt symbolizing on the show means more. And I don't care if Roman makes a thousand days at this point. I mean, it's a cool little accolade to, you know, boast on commentary about where, oh, he's been champion for a thousand days. But for what, though? Like, you have to remember, what is the end game here? Cody Rhodes, to me, has always been the end game because no one else remotely makes sense. Not Rollins, not Drew, not Braun Breaker, or even Solo or Jey Uso or whatever. I mean, Jey would make storyline sense to a certain degree, but you can do that story without the championship involved, <clears throat> in my opinion, anyway. I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's got to be Cody, and it's got to be now. Especially coming off these promos, the guy... I don't think they've, to your knowledge, in the last two and a half years since Roman won the championship. Now, I know he was also champion for a good portion of the, the COVID era as well. But do you think there's ever been anyone that was, actually, I can't say that. I was literally about to say, has anyone ever been as over as Cody right now going into a Roman Reigns match? And the answer is Sami Zayn, and they still had Sami lose. But I think, in retrospect, I mean, would you agree now that was the right decision to make? Yeah, I mean, besides Sammy, it would be Cody. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. I, I think it is like Roman should have retained just because going to Manny, you don't want Roman. Like, if he's going to lose with this long reign, it should just be at one time. Like, you don't want to lose back to back looking back. I mean, Sammy's still extremely over, and yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't. It's not that I don't hate. Like, I feel like whenever, like, the whole, I guess my whole concern is like when Cody wins the belt, like are they gonna how are they gonna split them up? I guess is my next concern if Cody won. But uh, no, I, I think Roman winning was still the right decision at this point. Um, just because going into Mania, like if he had already lost, his aura would have been kind of his mystique would have been gone because he already lost. So mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad he didn't lose to Sammy unless he beats Cody or WrestleMania. Yeah, if he beats Cody, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, I was told though when Roman Reigns beat Sammy that Cody would get booed after Elimination Chamber. I, I don't know. I didn't hear many boos on Monday Night when we were there. Yeah, no. I, I mean, he didn't get any, he didn't get any boos. I mean, I think depending on the crowd, maybe because like they were in Canada like the next week. I think I think there were a little boos for Cody just because I think it was like the hometown or just right after Elimination Chamber as well. Mm-hmm. But I think they'd done well enough to like. 
he basically is associated with Sammy, and Sammy's like his little buddy, and he's been helping Sammy, so I feel like that's helped. If they just let Sammy get the shit kicked out of him, Cody didn't give two fucks. Like, I think I think they've done good in that in that perspective. Like, they let Cody help Sammy, so it's like he's like his friend and his buddy. It's not like he's just letting us get his ass kicked by the bloodline and not getting involved. Yeah, I think what they're doing on that front is great. We'll get to that with the main event in a moment. But uh, with, with LA Knight, you mentioned him. I thought he looked really good in defeat here. I thought it was a good match. He's getting over, as you mentioned. He's having competitive matches with... I mean, the Bray Wyatt match was basically a five-minute squash. But, you know, he faced Bray. Kofi, he had a competitive match to before he lost it, which was dumb, but they had that. He looked good in the five-way on Friday SmackDown last week. What do you think? I mean, you mentioned before, which I thought was interesting, that you think the trajectory could with him could be as a babyface. Um, like maybe coming out of WrestleMania, but I feel like he's a guy that they haven't brought back or brought up. He was already there. I mean, they brought him up a year ago, um, but they did the turn with, and they gave him his old gimmick back. And of all the people they've given their old gimmicks to, uh, back, given back their gimmicks to, he's the one that's really gone over. And I think, uh, even in defeat, he's looked good and he's had good matches and the promos are, are very entertaining. I think he's a guy that you could really strap the rocket to coming out of WrestleMania. No, I agree. I think he's gone over. I think he's got the the look he's got the body he has the in-ring ability his the mic skills are probably some of the best in the company which also definitely doesn't hurt i mean i think he just is the total package he is the sports entertainer like you said like he has everything he can do everything i just i think that's what helps him more than other people like some people are like they're yeah they have good work rate or you know they have an interesting character, but I feel like he has everything, which a lot of those other people just don't have. And I think that's what's helped him get over as well with the fans. Like, he's more over now than, the, obviously, the whole Max Dupree shit was terrible. But I just think him being on the mic and, like, he really won. Even though he lost the Wyatt, I feel like he really did win because it really showed people what he can do because he was basically carrying the few because Wyatt was doing spooky dumbness and he was, like, actually cutting promos and, and having good matches and stuff like that. And I think that's what's helped him a lot. And I think he is over with the crowd to a point that, yeah, we're not sure what's going to happen at WrestleMania, but I think coming out of WrestleMania, he could be pushed as a heavy baby face, honestly. I mean, he was already on that on that road right before he turned heel when he became LA Knight a couple months ago, and they kind of wanted him as a heel to feud with Bray Wyatt. But um, yeah, no, I think they can definitely make him a babyface. I mean, he's definitely over enough. I mean, do you? I don't know if I've asked you this previously. Do you think he could do well at some point at the main event level? I think he is honestly good enough to be at that level and to either be challenging, if not winning the world title, one of the world titles at some point. Maybe after winning Money in the Bank this summer, do you see him at that level, or do you think he's a mid card guy at best? I do see him at that level now. I, if you told me six months ago or in NXT, I would say no. Um, I just, I, I mean, I was never even the, his biggest fan, but over the last six months, I've really enjoyed his work. I think like I said, I think he is the total package. It sucks that he's older now. Like, I feel like if he, if somebody had got him a couple of years ago, it would be even better. But I think he could, with two world championships, I definitely think he could, he could have a run. Hey, TNA offered him a better deal, so he stayed. That was that was the game. I don't know. I just feel like this piece so over right now. I think it was a big mess. I thought he could have gone there five years ago. <laughs> he was in TNA for so long, and then in 2019, he got fired from Impact. And uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, cool, they'll pick him back because he was in NXT previously. He was there in like 2013, 2014 before he got cut for like you know, I guess some dumb social media reason. He got fired by Bill Demont. He wasn't a big Bill Demont guy. No surprise there. Um. And then he went to Impact, but then when he became a free agent in 2019, he went to NWA. I'm thinking, that's nice, but like, why the fuck wouldn't WWE pick him up at that point? I mean, that was another waste of two years. He didn't come in until 2021. The guy's officially 40 now. I know Damian Priest is, and he's done well so far, but <clears throat> I think LA Knight's a guy that maybe not right after WrestleMania entered the world title scene, but I feel like I could see him as an intercontinental, definitely United States champion. And then from there, maybe trading that in for a world championship run because I think he is definitely good enough, I would agree. Um, Bronson Reed is also very talented as well. He just hasn't exactly gone over yet, but a continuous trend with him so far is that he'll go out there to no reaction, squash someone, do so in spectacular fashion, and then get a great reaction for a tsunami splash. I think he's someone, like we said earlier, that would really benefit from a consistent, stable program with another established person on the roster. Yeah, I completely agree. I think... 
he's one of those people that people see him, they just don't really know who he is, and then they shit their pants when he hits someone with a tsunami. It's just a very impressive move, and it looks amazing. I think he's good enough on the mic. I feel like maybe if they had like some capable managers or someone that could help get him over a little bit, that would definitely help. But I think that's like his biggest flaw right now. Is like he doesn't really say much. He's not like overly like interesting until you see him hit the tsunami and people literally like throw babies. Like it is an impressive move and he, the way he does it and kills people, it's great. But I think if he had an actual storyline of like actually sink his teeth in, like I said, maybe even a mouthpiece if they had any capable ones, I think it would definitely help him a lot. I think he's good. He just needs something to take him to the next level. Yeah, I think a manager would help. I don't know who that would be, but, you know, I don't think that's a bad idea. He looks the part. He looks great, and he's not a bad talker, but maybe just give him more opportunities to talk or, I don't know, just something more than beyond just squashing the losers of the Raw roster, the, the Mustafa Lees and the Dolphs and the Eliases and people like that. He needs some real competition. I think he could do really well. Um, Austin Theory, the big follow-up with him this week after getting verbally eviscerated by John Cena last week, was facing Angelo Dawkins and beating him. In a good match, the crowd didn't really care, but... You know, Theory got some decent reactions. A lot of, you know, being in person for the show, we can kind of attest to the fact that a lot of people are chanting for Cena and stuff like that. Um, how did you feel about the follow with Austin Theory this week after what they did with him last week? I liked it. I thought it was a good step forward. Um, I don't know if it was on purpose or it was just the editing job. They did cut out the stupid line. Cena said that you wouldn't gain anything if you beat me. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if they did that on purpose or just the way it edited, but I'm fine with that. I want that completely erased from the history books and people just forget about it because it was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> um, I like the backstage promo he had with the Prophets. I think he kind of showed, he kind of like showed a little bit more edge. I liked what he said. Um, and then the match itself, I feel like he was a little bit more aggressive. Uh, I thought Dawkins is good. He's very good. Um, very underrated, honestly. Yep. Um, even as a single. See, a tag team guy, he's still very good as a single. I feel like he's built a lot. Obviously, he was in NXT for like 17 years, but I think he's actually kind of coming to his own as like a decent singles guy if needed. Um, but Theory won here, like he should have. Put the STF on, showing more of an aggressive side. Montez came out, the save. We're getting him and Montez next week. So if we continue it going, I, I like the path they took this week. I like the new entrance. He's got Pyro now. I, I don't, I think... Hopefully, we can just move on from what happened. Yeah, but it's seen it just out there burying Theory and his gimmick and whatever, which I thought was perfectly fine as is, like you said. I mean, Theory's really got to... He's got to ditch what he was doing and become more aggressive. We kind of saw that a little bit here, but I feel like he's got to turn it up even more in order for that promo to be worth it, in addition to beating Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree. We had, after that, Dominic Mysterio interrupting Ray, who is now the official first inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Ray did not strike his son, did not agree to the WrestleMania match, which will be made inevitably, obviously, but not yet. Um, I don't know if they're waiting until the Hall of Fame, which would be weird, which I talked about on Hashtag, just because it's the day before WrestleMania. You don't really have any time to promote it, make it official, whatever. Um, I feel like it should be announced at least a week or so in advance. So, I thought this was good stuff. People really fucking hate Dominic. He got great heat here. Uh, the Ray stuff was well done. I'm really digging the feed a lot more than I thought I would have six months ago. This was great. So, not only your thoughts on the segment, Mr. Marcone, being there for it, but also Ray Mysterio first inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm excited for Ray. I, I mean, I was a little surprised just because I thought he's a big name, but I don't know. I feel like people are like, oh, Batista or someone else. But no, I love Ray, so I'm glad he got in. I think he really deserves it. Not that the Hall of Fame really means much, but. I'm, I'm interested, and I'm glad he got in. This whole Dominic stuff starting to kind of heat up, which I like. I mean, he's so fucking hated, which is amazing. Um, but no, I think what they've done good, they needed to announce it soon. I don't. I think waiting to Mania, like I said, is kind of either lazy or just dumb. Like, I guess we know what's coming, I feel like, so I guess you could wait to the last minute. But for how hot this is and how much it's on TV now, I feel like it would be a waste to not announce it now. I think it's like one of the most over things going right now. Yeah, it's one of the most anticipated matches not yet made official for WrestleMania. So I would do it on Friday SmackDown. I would do it maybe next Monday in Raw, but you know, preferably on SmackDown this coming Friday just to announce it, get it out of the way. Mania's in two weeks from this weekend. Makes the most sense. Rollins also headed the WrestleMania facing Logan Paul, as we found out last week. He, this week he faced Baron Corbin. Now, I thought what they did here was perfectly fine. The match was a minute or two, exactly what it needed to be. But, dude... I mean, Corbin is just... I love the... I really am a big Corbin guy, but you can tell you were at Raw last week and we were there this week. No one cares about the guy. He comes out to literally no reaction. 
I mean, what do you even do with this guy at this point? We talked about it before, but what ha- what, what are we doing with Corbin? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I think you wait till after Mania and maybe do some different things, but at this point, he's just kind of there. I just, I'm not really sure what more you do. The guy gets no reaction. So we'll see Logan Paul and like, Rollins. He would need like a full transformation at this point. I don't know exactly even what you do because it's not even like he's showing like any thoughts of maybe. Like I think everyone's saying, oh, go back to the old NXT moniker of Corbin. But like it's not even like he's showing like that's even in his arc of character. It's like he's like going back to like fucking broken down Corbin like and that's he fine seems like he's about yeah. to cry every week and that that, that shit's fine because it's entertaining but what's the end game here I mean the guy loses every single week he's, it's at a point now where people just don't care regardless of what they do with him next and that's not a good position to be in you talk about Cena saying oh I don't care about you Theory no one cares about Austin or uh, Baron Corbin Theory at least gets reactions they don't pipe it in all the time if at all I mean we were there I could hear the heat uh, for Corbin, there was nothing. I don't know if they piped in any booze, but there was no no reaction for him on Monday whatsoever, aside from apathy. I agree. We had Bianca beating Carmella. I mean, the match, <laughs> or not Carmella, I'm sorry, Chelsea Green, the match was fine. This Oscar-Bianca buildup has sucked. I'm sorry, that was just terrible. I don't really know what more to say about it than that. Yeah, I just, I heard you talk about hashtag. I, the thing is, like, with this match, I didn't, like... Only expect an amazing build. I'm just not the biggest Oscar fan in general, so maybe I was just kind of going with that perspective. But like everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, she's coming back as Khan." I'm like, "Okay, but she's still Oscar at the end of the day. Like, she's not like going to get a good promo. How much are they really going to do now? She's like dancing with a belt and ripping off Japanese. I mean, I think the match is going to be really good, but the build." Yeah, it hasn't been good, but I kind of went into expecting it not to be good, so I'm not, like, as disappointed as others are. Yeah, I know you didn't have high hopes to begin with, but I just wish they could do more than beyond just staring there at each other and taking the title and handshakes. I mean, it's been the same thing for three weeks. Even if you're not looking forward to the match or aren't excited for the, the, the feud or whatever, you, you got to admit, they could do they could be a little bit more creative than what the fuck we've gotten so far. It's just lazy. Not even a video package, no promos. And we know Asuka can speak English, so that's just disappointing. Um, last thing for you, Mr. Marceau. Solo, Sokoa, Kevin Owens, Street Fight, main event. Any thoughts on this? It was a good match. Solo won. No, no Kevin Owens, no Sammy, or no Cody Rhodes. And uh, Owens wanted nobody, and he got no one, and he lost. So I feel like this is just the next step in the storyline. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. Solo winning needed to happen, and that's the, we didn't really get too much development, but I think we'll get us smart, though. I agree. It was a good way to close out the show. Overall thoughts on being on Raw and Providence. I thought it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. Good show, good crowd, and we look forward to next week, Mr. Marceau. I got to let you go. Have a great time at work, brother. Enjoy 316 day. Swig of water for the working man, and I'll catch your ass down the road, brother. See you later. Adios.